This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they, they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff, like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's OMRI certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow. Welcome to True Crime Garage. Wherever you are, whatever you are doing, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Nick, and with me, as always, is a man that would rather die of exhaustion than starvation. He is the captain. And I'm just like Post Malone. I'm always tired, baby. It's good to be seen, and it's good to see you. Thanks for listening, and thanks for telling a friend. This week, we are drinking Sleepy Bear by Workforce Brewing in Plainfield, Illinois, garage grade four and a half out of five bottle caps. Strong caramel and chocolate flavors in this Russian imperial stout that is full of roasted malts, rye, oats, honey malt, brown sugar, and plenty of hops. The ABV is high here, 9.6%, so enjoy one of these at home in your garage. And let's give some thank yous and shout outs, Captain. First up, thanks to Alexis from Tall Timbers, Maryland. And a big shout out to Maria in Amish Country, Pennsylvania. Next, here's a good old Southern cheers to Allison in Easley, South Carolina. And a big cheers, mates, to Brian in Chandler, Arizona. And one of our favorite stops here, Captain, we have Chris and we have Sicily in Parts Unknown. Population growing, though, because we also have Jill in Parts Unknown as well. So thanks, everybody, for filling up the fridge. For this week's show, if you want to help us out with next week's, go to truecrimegarage.com and click on the donate button. And I'd like to give a special shout out to Craig from the YouTube channel Team Richie. I've been following you from the beginning. I just want to say cheers to you and your success. And Jeff, we don't quit. Thanks, Captain. And hey, a quick little reminder for all of our new listeners out there. Check mm-hmm. out the Stitcher app. It's free. We've been around for a long time. We keep getting requests for cases we've already covered. Yeah. So get the Stitcher app. It's free. All of our old episodes are available right there waiting for you to listen. Yeah, and I think it's in the left-hand corner. There's actually a date. I'll say like 2019. You can actually click on that, and it's a drop-down menu. Mm -hmm. So you can go down to like 2016 and listen to those shows or 2000. 
18 whatever there you go true crime garage on the stitcher app all right everybody gather around grab a chair grab a beer let's talk some true crime in the mystery surrounding the missing mom, Michelle Fiore, with WBBM News Radio 780. What happened? Well, uh, the latest information I have for you, Nancy, is that I did speak with Plainfield Police this afternoon, and they tell me that tips are now coming into their department, and that is significant because over the weekend when I first met with the deputy police chief, he told me they had nothing at that point. They were desperate for leads, and now they are finally coming into the station. Eiding says any lead, uh, even one that may seem insignificant to people, can be just the tip that they're looking for and that can help bring Lisa Stebbick home to her family. Jane, what were the circumstances of her disappearance? Well, it was April 30th was the last time that she was seen and she works at a school cafeteria so she reported for work that day they saw her her husband is the last one that says he saw her late in the afternoon on april 30s he said, said that she normally would leave in the evening to go do exercise she'd come back 10 30 or 11 she was never seen again her children though and there are two children have the same story that the father has that the last time they saw their mother was late in that afternoon so to you michelle fiore with 780 wbbm news radio both children who are allegedly out buying some candy. The father says he was working in the yard when she went jogging or to work out. They back up the dad's claim he saw her at 6 p.m. We have not spoken with the children at this point. I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you repeat. Uh, we have not spoken with the children at this point. What, do, uh, what can you tell me about the husband refusing a polygraph, Michelle Fiore? You know what? Craig Stebbick uh, declined to take a polygraph test that was offered to him by the Plainfield Police Department. Uh, it was on the advice of his attorney, who is also his divorce attorney in the proceedings that he filed against Lisa Stebbick in uh, this past January. Police tell us that uh, besides Craig, uh, other family members and acquaintances of Lisa have also been offered a polygraph test. They would not tell me exactly how many uh, have taken it or, or if any have taken it at this point. Joining us tonight is a very special guest. It is Melanie Greenberg. This is the missing mom, Lisa Stebbick's cousin. Melanie, thank you for being with us. Thank you, Nancy, for this opportunity to get Lisa's picture out there to a national audience. We're hoping someone will see her and have some new tip or lead to give to the Plainfield Police. They need something new to go on, even if it seems like an inconsequential fact. Please call the Plainfield Police and bring Lisa home safely to her children and her family. Tonight with us, Melanie Greenberg. This is Lisa's cousin. I, I wish you peace. I wish that you find her alive. I, I can't even imagine going through what you're not not knowing if she's dead or alive or possibly alive somewhere, uh, needing medical attention or needing help. Tell me the last time you saw her. Well, uh, as cousins in a large family, our last big family gathering was um, in December at a holiday gathering. Um, her sisters are extremely close to Lisa, and they last spoke with her on the Thursday before the Monday that she was missing. They had a lengthy conversation. Lisa was in very good spirits. Um, and, you know, it just, 
it's a total mystery to us, Nancy. We just well, can't understand because Melody, there's no way that she would leave her children. Plainfield, Illinois is a comfortable town close enough to commute to Chicago for work, but far enough away to have a small town feel, with the population growing rapidly in the last 25 years. Open spaces and farms mingle with newer subdivisions. The old sections stand in contrast to the new developments. But the neighbors are friendly regardless if you live in one of the new golf course communities or in one of the older sections. This is a community where you can live safely and raise your family in the comfort that Plainfield encourages. Now, the newer houses are not just from the economic boom that has allowed families to leave the familiar suburbs and venture further out down I-55 to Plainfield. But some are replacement houses for the ones destroyed by the August 28, 1990 tornado. This tornado killed 29 people and injured 350 people. More than 1,000 homes were damaged or destroyed. The tornado made it across more than 16 miles in only 8 minutes. This tornado destroyed the only Plainfield High School at the time that is now called Plainfield Central High School. Lisa Michelle Rutenberg was born on May 19, 1969 in Park Ridge, Illinois. She went on to attend Libertyville High School, where she competed on the swim team and was involved in dancing. Lisa graduated in 1987, then attended Southern Illinois University before going to Kendall College. Lisa earned a degree in hotel and restaurant management, and she worked in hotels in Lincolnshire and Northbrook. Lisa met Craig Stebick at a party. They dated and later got married on April 6, 1993. This was in Jamaica as the two eloped. Two years later, the couple celebrated the birth of their daughter, Alexis and their son Zachary followed about a year later. The couple lived in Waukegan, but Craig Stebick, he was a pipe fitter, so he traveled to the Plainfield area a lot for work, so they eventually moved there. Lisa Stebick was 37, almost 38 years old when she went missing on April 30th, 2007. Lisa was married for 14 years to Craig Stebick, and their two kids were 10 and 12 years old when she suddenly vanished. But before we get to the day in question, April 30th, let's look a little deeper into what was going on in Lisa's life leading up to her having gone missing. In March of 2006, so just a little more than a year before the day in question, Lisa started working as a custodian for the Plainfield School District. She was already working in the cafeteria at Lincoln Elementary. So the fill-in custodian position required her to work nights after her children were in bed in addition to her daytime lunch duties. About a year later, she stopped the custodial work. At the time of her disappearance, she was only working at the Lincoln Elementary School cafeteria. Sloppy Joe, Sloppy Joe, meatloaf sandwich. She was employed by Sodexo Food Service. She prepared lunches for the school students and earned less than $10,000 a year. Now, as a part of her routine, she would work out about three to four nights a week, starting around 6 until the gym closed, which was at 8.30 p.m. She used the gym at the local high school. She was easily remembered at the gym for her energy and how happy she was when she was there. Before she vanished, she recently lost about 30 or so pounds. 
Good for her. Lisa posted a profile on aerobicfriends.com. She was seeking female friends to work out with. On the website's profile, she said she wanted to include her children in her exercise routine. She also posted to health.exerciseFriends.com, asking how she could find running or walking partners in the area. Again, she was hoping to find, quote, female friends only, end quote, to join her in exercise. Right, but mm, I'm just going to put this out there. She might only be looking for female friends, but I'm sure that anybody could browse the different people looking for friends. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So there could be some gym creeps out there, you know, scouring the internet for for women looking for workout partners. Nothing like a good old-fashioned gym creep. No, no. They give you the creep eye, but it's also the stink eye. Well, Lisa listed her workout goals to include increased cardio, tone up, and simply get out more, meet new people, and just have fun. She stated, I am a parent and I would like to include my children in my health activities. She wrote in one of her postings, she was looking for partners to get out and enjoy nature. Well, first of all, Lisa is a saint because any lunch lady is a saint because I I would not have made it this far in my life because I wouldn't have ate most of the time if it wasn't for the kind lunch ladies. Second, she's trying to improve her life, not only physically, but also Hey, you know, I've been married for a while. I have some kids. I want to I want to meet some new positive people. Mm-hmm. And so this seems like she's on the right path of, of doing so. And she's a hard worker. She's working two jobs at one point. Well, and this is always a good thing, too, because, you know, some people, and I've been there, I've been on both sides of this, some people work out because they feel like they have to, you know, to, to maintain a healthy lifestyle. Right. And then you have others that are able to make it a hobby, where they actually enjoy doing it and spending time working out and being healthy. And that's what it seems like to me that this was her way of getting out of the house and doing something for herself. She probably needed a little bit of alone time. Yeah. The only thing I disagree with her on is the cardio thing because cardio is the devil. Well, the, the Stebbix marriage was falling apart. Okay. In, in fact, in January of 2007, they filed for a divorce FYI, most publications report this was filed in January. However, I did find a couple that stated December of 2006. Regardless, we're talking about a small window, uh, you know, difference of time there. Yeah, but again, we have this individual that is trying to improve herself, and maybe it's, I'm going to get a divorce and I want to look good and try to find somebody. But at this current time, it doesn't look like she's looking for, you know, the next man. No, she's obviously concerned and involved with her children's lives. So that seems to be the focus there at the time. Now, during the process of this divorce, Lisa and Craig lived together with their children in the family's house. Lisa would sleep on the couch while Craig used the master bedroom. Lisa told friends that she slept with her phone and her purse next to her because she was afraid that Craig would take them, you know, take the phone and or purse and possibly destroy them. Right. During the divorce, Lisa befriended a co-worker named Ruby and would often spend her evenings at the gym with Ruby and then often afterwards going to Ruby's house for a glass of wine and some chit-chat. Often, Lisa would bring her children with her when she would visit Ruby's home. Lisa went out on a couple of dates with a recently divorced man a short time before her disappearance. 
I do not know this individual's name, could not find his name, but what I could find was that he was 45 years old or so. This would be about seven to eight years older than Lisa at the time. Well, yeah, but most women like an older man or, or an older captain. What I gather from this information, what little information we have on this dating situation, yeah, I don't feel like, I don't gather that this was a serious thing. Right. I think we have somebody that's going through a divorce and someone recently divorced. Likely they were probably hooked up, let's say, or, you know, somebody playing matchmaker probably put them together somehow. Right. So now is her husband seeing anybody at the time? No, there's no indication that he was seeing anybody at the time. There's also not 100% evidence that he was aware that she was dating someone. Right. Again, I don't think this was a serious thing. I think it was very casual. I don't even know how many times they actually went out on a date together. I don't think it was much. Well, and sometimes if you're going, you know, especially when I went through my situation, I'd meet women that were going through a divorce too and we'd go out to lunch or Mm -hmm. hang out, go shopping. I mean, somebody on the outside could go, oh, well, that's a date. There weren't dates. There were almost therapy sessions. Right. I was going to say the same thing. Anybody that's been through a a tough breakup, you find yourself sitting across from someone having a cup of coffee or or sharing a, a drink. And it's really just, you need somebody to vent with somebody to talk to somebody that's kind of going through the same thing. There might not even be an attraction there really at all. Well, and let's face it too. I mean, women, they can kind of get their stuff together and start moving a lot quicker than most men. Most men, especially married for 14 years, he's probably looking a little schlubby. He probably has to get his stuff together. (laughs) Well, let's go through the day of the disappearance. According to all reports, Lisa Stebick was last seen by her husband on April 30th, 2007. But it's not just that simple, right? So let's go through this. Lisa had spent most of the day going about her typical routine. She worked at Lincoln Elementary School. The lunch shifts were typically somewhat of shorter shifts. So Lisa left the school around 2.30 p.m. She picked up a sandwich from Jimmy John's on Route 59 and ran some errands before returning home. Her routine was to pick up her 10-year-old son, Zach, from Walker's Grove Elementary School at around 3.30 p.m., though no one could say with certainty that Lisa picked up Zach that Monday. Friends say Lisa... Wait, 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 wait. They don't know who picked him up? Well, I mean, he came home at the normal time, so everyone just assumes that the typical routine was for her to pick him up right. at 3.30 p.m. So we're going to assume that she picked him up. Yes, we just don't have anybody that says, I specifically saw Lisa pick up Zach that right. day. Well, wouldn't he know? Um, that's one of the tricky things with this case, and we'll get into that okay. in a little bit. So friends say that Lisa almost always made sure that she was home with Zach and her 12-year-old daughter until... Craig returned from work in the evening time at 5 40 PM. Craig comes home from work and gives the kids money to go get some candy. Now later Lisa's friends stated to media that Lisa strictly forbid the kids from eating candy or any type of processed sugar. So they question this activity 5 45 PM. The children leave on a bike ride to go to Walgreens to get their candy. 
Between 5.45 and 6 p.m., Craig starts working in the backyard. We should point out here that Craig, and this is mentioned by all the neighbors, he was one of those guys that was often seen out working in the yard. This was very typical behavior for him. Yeah. At approximately 6 p.m., Craig says that he re-entered the home and Lisa had already left. He assumed that she went to work out as per her regular routine. Now, some reports say that he thinks that he heard her leave, but says he didn't see her. Right. Regardless, Lisa fails to show up to work out at the high school, which was her regular routine. And that'd be at what time? Uh, at six o'clock is when Craig believes that she left the home. Right. But what time does she normally work out? Uh, this would be shortly afterwards. Okay. She would often arrive in the six o'clock hour and stay till about eight thirty p.m. You're giving us a lot of information, so I just want to clear this up. So her her son gets picked up from school, ten years old. Mm-hmm. We know that he gets home. Yes, we can assume that it's her. We yes. have nobody saying that they saw her, but let's just assume it's her. Then the husband gives the kids money to get candy, which she wouldn't be down with, but. We're also assuming that she's at home at this point. Mm -hmm. And then he states that she leaves the house roughly around six o'clock. Yeah. And you know what? Her friends, Lisa's friends and family have made a lot of this thing of, of her husband, Craig sending the kids out to get candy. Right. Because it's against what Lisa would typically allow. I, I, I do understand why you question that because if something were to go down in that home, and you know, the two witnesses would be the children. Right. Right. So I understand questioning that, but at the same time, it could be something as simple as we're going through a divorce. We don't even talk to each other. We don't get along. Right. I, this is dad's rules, not mom's rules. Here's some, here's some money. Let me be the, let me be the star of the night and go get some candy. Yeah. But it also seems a little hush money. You know what I mean? Could be. It, it feels that way a little bit, but again, I'm all for Lisa. I'm all for the working out. I'm all for the cardio. But kids with no candy? Come on. Well, here's one thing that I think is very key to this case. And it is, you know, Craig's word that we have to go off of here. We do know Lisa left her car at the family's home. But according to Craig, she took her purse and cell phone with her. I've seen some statements that say that she took her car keys as well. Right. But that seems to be more in question than fact. So let's just point it out there. At this point, sometime around 6 p.m., according to Craig's story, his wife, Lisa, has left the home and her purse is gone and her cell phone's gone, but her car is at the house. Right, but you would assume if she's taken her purse, she probably has a house key that she's taken her car keys with her. Right. Well, between 6.30 and 6.45 p.m., the kids return from Walgreens and they go directly to Target with their father to purchase a birthday gift for someone, some unnamed person with their father, right? Right. Now, between 10 and 11, this is when Craig said would be the usual time that Lisa would return home after going to the gym or going out. She does not return that night. The next day, Tuesday, May 1st, at 8.50 a.m., Lisa's co-workers received a phone message from Craig asking if his wife had reported to work. At 10 to 10.15 a.m., 
Craig called the next door neighbor to inquire about Lisa. The neighbor reported her missing to police a little after 10 a.m. This is shortly after this phone call. Right. Craig and the kids went about their typical day after he called the neighbor. He drove the kids to school and then he went on to work. Now, before we get too far along, Captain, here is a description of Lisa at the time of her disappearance. Right. She is five feet, two inches tall, 120 pounds, Caucasian with brown hair and brown eyes. Now, to celebrate her new start in life, I'm guessing this is, you know, once the the divorce was working its way through, Lisa got a butterfly tattoo on her lower back with her children's names on each side. Yes, this is a very bad decision. She already had a small rose tattoo on her ankle. This had her daughter's name on it. Yeah, that's not so bad. It's just the, the butterfly on the lower back. And and she had also told friends that she would wanted a tattoo somewhere else that would have her son's name on it. There is a reward for information in this case, and anyone with information, no matter how little, you should you should get in touch with the Plainfield, Illinois Police Department. Right. And that goes for everyone everywhere, not just in Illinois, because there has been some speculation tied to the state of Michigan and the state of Wisconsin. And as you and I know very well, Captain, we have seen good, very good information come from further away than just a state or two when discussing these cases. Yeah. So what's interesting here is that we have a situation where they're going through a divorce. We, We don't, it doesn't sound like it's that messy as far as she's sleeping on the couch. He's sleeping in the bed. Yeah. I mean, she holds her phone tight and her purse tight, but you don't know why that is. I mean, who is she talking to? Maybe she just wants to keep that stuff private now because uh, they're going to be divorced, so she doesn't have any reason for sharing that information. Um, So it's kind of strange. And then, you know, logically, you got this guy that goes, well, she normally comes home pretty late, but she didn't. But you don't know. He He might have some... He might be speculating a little bit that she's on a date. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, then he's probably thinking, well, it's not my place to call her and ask her where she's at or text her because, you know, we're getting a divorce. Like, this is what's going to be happening a month from now anyways, two months from now anyways. You see what I mean? Well, well, the the big thing that you have to question here regarding the situation of her not coming home, whether it be 10, 11, or, you know, whatever time her not coming home at all is there was some turmoil going on in this divorce. And there, there was some bitterness, I think. And what, what we will see here going forward is the reports about that do seem to be one sided. It seems to be Lisa telling some people that some things are going on, but it also seems like they were, if, if there was a lot going on, if there was a lot of hostility inside that home, it was kept fairly quiet. And the thing too, that you have to call into question is what kind of situation on Craig's end are we talking about? Are we talking about a jealous husband that, that is wondering where his 
soon to be ex-wife is, you know, pacing the floors at their house? Or are we talking about a guy that's already moved on and he doesn't really care? You know, he just, he doesn't become alarmed until she doesn't show up to work the next day. That's what I'm saying. Two I, very different situations. Yeah, no, I, to- I totally agree. And I think just on the surface right now, it seems like because there's no call at, at night. Mm-hmm. But you'd think that if he was like a real jealous dude, mm-hmm. that he'd be texting one of her friends or calling somebody. There'd be some kind of effort made at night. Because he'd be thinking, she's with some guy. She's staying the night. Oh, my God. Right? Mm-hmm. But since that doesn't happen, and he waits until the morning, then now he's going. And you got to remember, they're, they've they been together 14 years. They had two kids together. I'm sure there is some kind of love there. You know, even going through a divorce, you still care about the person mm-hmm. for the most part, or you should. And so now you have this individual that's going, hey, wait a second. Okay, she didn't show up last night. That's one thing, but now this is, I'm getting a little worried. Mm -hmm. Well, let's take a quick beer break. And when we get back, we'll talk more about Craig Stebbick and we'll also take a deeper dive into what was going on with this divorce. The evidence keeps pouring in. At this point, the facts are undeniable. It's an open and shut case. Monopoly Go is the most fun you can have in a mobile game. Everyone is still talking about Monopoly Go for a good reason. It is an absolute hit. Millions of people pass Go every day because this game is always bringing something new to the table. Like countless crazy tournaments, you can join with your friends as partners or teams. Or timed events, offering bonuses like massive multipliers or rent frenzies to help you get huge rewards. And there's so many rewards to discover. Rare stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums. Delightful emojis to taunt people with when you raid their riches. Unique playing pieces and so much more. The verdict is in. With Monopoly Go, there's something new to discover every time you play. So don't miss out. Go download it now free on the App Store and Google Play. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, I highly recommend that you give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com garage today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot garage. This show is proudly sponsored by BetterHelp. Check out BetterHelp.com slash garage today. Do you want to set your child up for success? Of course you do. That's why you need to check out IXL Learning today. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. 
It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. There's one site for all kids in your home pre-K to 12th grade. Kids could use it at home on their computer or on an app on your phone or a tablet. No more grading those worksheets. IXL grades everything for you. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. I love recommending IXL learning. Kids can learn at home or on the go. And all my friends and family that are using it absolutely love it because it's so easy to set up and so easy to use. And even the kids that I've recommended it to their parents have told me, hey, Captain, thank you. I was having problems in math and my parents couldn't help me, but IXL could. Do you want to get your kids back on track or do you just want to get your kids ahead? Do so with IXL Learning. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And True Crime Garage listeners, get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com garage. Visit IXL.com garage to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Check out IXL.com garage today. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factor's no-prep, no-mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Make your day delicious from breakfast to dessert. Stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. I am new to Factor, and I have been loving every minute of it. I have a problem, and it's called lunch. Some days I need a pack of lunch, and some days I work from home. Whether I'm at home or whether I'm on the go, Factor is fueling my lunch from now on. Head to factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 and use code truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month. That's code TrueCrimeGarage50 at FactorMeals.com slash TrueCrimeGarage50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. All right. Cheers, me mateys. Cheers, Captain. Let's take a closer look at Lisa's husband, Craig Stebick. Craig was a former private investigator who was working as a pipe fitter at the Dial Corporation based in Montgomery, Illinois. Craig Stebick earned more than $80,000 annually at his union job. He was working there for at least five years that I could tell, and it was not unusual for him to have several weeks in between jobs. He does have 
one prior arrest. When he was arrested with his father on October 8th, 1995, I believe this was looked at as a possible like illegal hunting type situation. According to the police report, fresh blood was discovered inside uh, somewhere on the truck, on Craig's truck, but no animals were found. Police believe the two hid them in one of hundreds of mining pits that can be found in Iron County, Michigan. Craig Stebick was charged with two felony counts of unlawful use of a weapon after police stopped his vehicle about a thousand feet from a school at nine in the morning. Police found a 10 gauge double barrel shotgun, a 44 Magnum pistol, a Ruger and an AK 47 semi-automatic assault rifle in his Toyota pickup. Wee, 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 wee. Red flags going off. Mm-hmm. I think that's what a lot of people are probably thinking. That's a lot of guns. Right. But like we were talking about earlier, maybe not so much. There's a lot of people in this country that hunt all the time. Regardless if it's hunting season or not. Correct. And one thing we should point out here is that Craig's family, I believe it might be his father. Someone in his family owns a good deal of property up in Michigan that they use often for hunting purposes and, you know, just to get away. Uh, and what, what you and I do know from, you know, several friends and things like that, certain parts of this country, people just hunt when they feel like hunting, especially if they have a good deal of land. Now, Craig was also charged with four misdemeanor counts of unlawful use of a weapon, operating an unsafe motor vehicle and driving while his license was revoked. So like you said, most people thinking a good deal of red flags, the only real red flags here are the obvious. This man owns several guns. If he was hunting illegally, well, we do know he was operating his vehicle illegally. This is a guy that is going to kind of do what he wants when he feels like doing it. So let's take a look at this divorce, shall we? This was a mutual thing. And this was actually the second time around with the divorce proceedings for the Stebics. The first time the divorce was called off by Lisa after the birth of their daughter. Then Craig Stebick filed for divorce after 14 years of marriage in January of 2007. So just three or four months before Lisa disappeared. Craig says he filed for divorce when his wife declared, quote, she didn't want to be married to me anymore, end quote. He said the couple rarely spoke in six months, living separate lives under the same roof. His divorce petition cited irreconcilable differences. Both parents sought joint custody of their children with Lisa Stebick as the residential custodial parent, child support, and division of their marital properties. So there doesn't seem to be anything crazy going on there, right? It all seems kind of very mutual. We're going to split up our properties. We're going to have shared custody. You're going to have the kids most of the time. All pretty regular stuff, in my opinion. Well, and to me, it sounds like this guy's going, hey, look, you don't want me. You don't want to be married to me. Okay. But he's taking the steps. He's not doing one of these maneuvers where the guys go, oh, you don't want, you don't want me. You don't want to be married to me. You're going to have to divorce me. Mm-hmm. He filed the paperwork. Mm-hmm. So he, on, on some level, it looks like he's going, okay, well, let's get this process going and let's get this over with. And, and we both can move forward with our lives. As an outsider looking in, it appears to me, Captain, that these two were probably staying together or trying to make it work for some time 
probably just for their children. Yeah. So Lisa's complaints against Craig were somewhat different. Uh, she states that he's unnecessarily relentless. He's cruel, inconsiderate, domineering, and verbally abusive. Now, in the divorce proceedings, there's a claim made by Lisa Stebick that Craig, her husband, is an unfit parent. And she cites one instance where she claims that one of the children was allowed to handle one of his loaded guns. She also says that he was very, very lackluster in the way that he cared for these guns, meaning the way that he just kind of kept them around the house. Right. Um, according to Nancy Grace and CNN, on the day Lisa disappeared, she mailed a petition to her attorney seeking to have Craig removed from the home. Craig Stebick says he knew nothing about these papers. Yeah, but this is kind of weird, too, because it seems like they're both filing for joint custody. And so she's saying that you're verbally abusive. You're not a fit parent, but I'm going to give you custody half the time. That mm-hmm. just contradicts itself. Yeah, it's it's weird, but what I think that this filing filing this petition to have him removed or e- evicted, you know, we should say from this home, may point out a situation where the proceedings weren't moving along fast enough for Lisa at some point. I mean, right. they're living together. That's got to be incredibly uncomfortable. We've talked about other cases where this stuff happens, where people decide we're just going to we're going to share the same roof. We're going to get through this somehow. And then one day we'll be separated. That's not a comfortable thing for either person. I have to guess. It's the worst thing you can imagine. However bad you think it is. It's worse than that. Mm -hmm. I once was doing the dishes (laughs) and had my ex come up and, and she was laughing with anger for no reason. I haven't talked to her in weeks. Mm-hmm. She's laughing with anger and said, I can't wait till you're out of here. Uh, <laughs> it's like, uh, what did I do? I haven't talked to you for three weeks. Yeah. My parents used to tell me the same thing. The <laughs> only prior police action regarding the Stebbix household, Pl- Plainfield police were called to the home at Red Star Drive for a report of a nonviolent that's very key word, nonviolent verbal fight between the couple. In an interview, this took place on May 10th, 2007. Craig said he called the police when his wife showed up intoxicated after being out all night. So Craig called the police. Now, later, a friend of Lisa's said that Lisa told her Craig locked her out of the house. So regardless, Craig was the one that made the, the phone call. Uh, you know, something happened that police showed up that. Well, look during that whole time. Yes. It's not your wife anymore, or it's not going to be your wife. They're still your wife. I think there's a lot of people that are separated, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. separated, and they just start acting immature. And I could see it going both ways. Oh yeah. She's going to go out for a little bit. She goes and has some drinks Maybe she forgot her house key. Somebody picked her up and I'm going to lock you out. Yeah. Or it's so late that you just think, oh, you just expect me to stay at home and take care of the kids while you go do whatever you want to do. Lock the door. Well, and again, though, I think the key word in there is nonviolent. That is not Craig's words. That's not Lisa's words. That is the words of the responding officer to the call. Yeah. Now, after she went missing, after Lisa disappeared, Of course, the search and investigation began immediately. First of all, the husband, no matter what, 
we need to look into. Oh, yeah. But the fact that they're going through a divorce, it's like, uh, double check that box, please. Yeah. We have shirts, True Crime Garage shirts that say the husband did it for good reason. Well, we used to have <laughs> we, those. I think they're sold out. We sold out of them. That, that in, a, in its own way is funny. Yeah. Uh, in that same interview that I just mentioned, this was with Fox News. Craig said that he thinks someone picked up Lisa for her exercise class the night that she went missing. Now, on Thursday, May 3rd, just two days after Lisa is reported missing, there is quite a bit of searching going on, specifically searching the area behind the Stebbick's house. Plainfield Emergency Management Agency personnel searched the park across the street from the Stebbick's house because Lisa reportedly walked and jogged there often. Hate to cut you off, but I think the idea is that we have this story coming from her husband and he was working in the backyard all night. Mm-hmm. So then it starts becoming, well, we, nobody has really seen her once the boy is picked up from school. Right. So who knows if he did something to her during that time period and was he burying her in the backyard? Well, and, and you know what? The, this is a good time to kind of lay out the property a little bit for the listeners. So their home, it was a pretty nice house and it was in a pretty nice neighborhood uh, for what I could tell. Look, there's a park across the street from their home. Their backyard was surrounded by a privacy fence because they had a in-ground swimming pool. Right. So this looks to me from the pictures I saw to be probably a six-foot tall fence. So someone that was working in the backyard, I mean, if you needed to conceal something, this would be the place for searchers to be looking in, in my opinion. Right. Now, police also searched Stebbick's computer files for a lead. Uh, Plainfield Deputy Police Chief Mark Edding told FoxNews.com that Craig Stebbick voluntarily handed over the family computer to the police. Of now, course he did. But now remember, he was a private investigator. A website, www.FindLisaStebbick.com, is started and missing flyers were distributed. Again, this is the Thursday after she went missing. Right. The next day on May 4th, Lisa Stebbick's cousin, Naperville resident Mark Greenberg, and his wife, Melanie, held a press conference in front of Lisa's house. On Sunday, May 6th, Plainfield police told reporters that they have no reason to suspect foul play so far in the Stebbick disappearance. They have investigated Craig Stebbick's computer records, spoken to his friends and associates, and interviewed Stebbick himself several times. Police also told reporters Lisa's cell phone and credit cards have not been used since her disappearance on April 30th. Yeah, but is it? Tell me if it's just me. He was a private investigator for a while. Mm -hmm. Does that make you a little more suspicious? Does that make you a little like... You would know what to do? Yeah. This guy, he's playing with a little information, Mm -hmm. right? So... Great that you turned over the computer records, but what does that mean? You know, right. Is, is there another computer that we're not aware of? Yeah, and here's the thing, too, that everybody needs to completely understand. It's not so much like, it's not like Craig shows up to the police department and goes, here's my computer, thought you might want to take a look. It's more of a, hey, Craig, we want to take your computer and look at it. And he goes, well, okay. You right. know, it's it's, so when they say voluntary, that's the situation. Yeah. Now, we're going to see the tides well, okay, but shift quite a bit here, though. Kevin. But it's creepier if he shows up 
<laughs> with this computer. Right. Right. I got my computer for you. It's still in the box from Best Buy. Hey, I listen to <laughs> True Crime Garage. They study computer. Yeah. Uh, here's a shift in the tides, though, Captain, because now we have friends of Lisa Stebick who are telling the media that Lisa was frightened by Craig and she was attending counseling at the Guardian Angel. This is an agency that provides services to battered women. Friends also say Lisa suffered verbal abuse from her husband and after divorce proceedings began would sleep on the living room sofa where she kept her personal belongings constantly by her side. On Monday, May 7th, a $20,000 reward for information is announced. Women are natural snoopers, right? Okay. It's true. Put down your cell phone for a while and just see if they pick it up. They're going to pick it up. They're going to look through it. They're natural snoopers. They're a little nosy. That's okay. But you wonder, is this guy, I mean, what was his motivation to be a private investigator anyways? I just wonder if he's a natural snooper too. And that's one of the reasons that she's keeping all these things beside her when she goes to sleep because he's a natural snooper. Even if he's not like jealous, even if he's just like, yeah, we're getting a divorce, whatever. But he might go, well, it's kind of funny she didn't come home that day. Ah, she's at the bar pretty long that night, and he just wants to know. Mm. Maybe he's not even jealous about it. Well, you know, there might be some truth or a lot of truth to him being controlling. Because one thing we do know regarding her cell phone, this was a phone that he kind of supplied to her. Right, And it looks like he was pretty much in charge of this cell phone. Everything I could find suggests and points to that it was a prepaid cell phone and that he was kind of in charge of the um, the minutes that were applied to this cell phone and he would keep the minutes quite low. Oh, that's nice of him. Yeah. Well, on Tuesday, May 8th, Craig Stebick refuses a polygraph test at Plainfield Police Station and is refusing to go into the police station for further interviews. And he asked that law enforcement not interview his children as well. Now, this other bit is less fact and more speculation, but there are stories out there that on the same day, Craig Stebbick supposedly does not answer the door when FBI agents show up on his doorstep. Yeah, that's odd. But back to the polygraph test, are you, would you take one? No. I no. mean, and we've to, pointed that we pointed that out a bunch of times on on the show. Yeah, but yeah, because it's, it's the but the idea for me would be there's what's the win? I mean, even if you pass it, nobody believes it anyways. Right. It's a it's a you can't win situation. Right. Now on Wednesday, May 9th, Craig Stebick was seeking temporary full custody of the couple's children. His lawyer, Dion Davey, said he filed the custody petition in Will County Courthouse in order to protect his client from the possibility that Lisa Stebbick could return and then disappear again, possibly taking the children with her. On Thursday, May 10th, firefighters and boats searched Lake Renwick in Plainfield for Lisa Stebbick. Note the lake is about five miles from the Stebbick home. Of course, they didn't find anything. And also, authorities in Crystal Falls, this is in Michigan's Upper Peninsula, searched a cabin there, this belonging to someone in Craig's family. Actually, I believe it was his father's. We discussed this earlier. Uh, But nothing came of this search as well. Saturday, May 12th, 
Officials from the Plainfield Emergency Management Agency continue to focus on large water areas, retention ponds, bike and jogging trails, parks, and natural areas within the village of Plainfield. Volunteers distribute hundreds of carnations to businesses throughout the Plainfield area. Attached to each flower is a photo of Elisa Stebick and contact information to report tips on her whereabouts. So volunteers gathered at a gazebo around the corner from the Stebick residence. This was to pin Stebick's photo to the carnations to be handed out on Mother's Day in hopes of someone identifying her. Alongside the gazebo was a makeshift memorial with flowers, stuffed animals, and a sign that read, Lincoln isn't the same without you. Lisa Stebick's husband, Craig, did not participate in any of the weekend events, this according to SuburbanChicagoNews.com. But is this another situation where it's a no-win situation? If you help out and you do something odd at the event, or you say something wrong, or somebody impl- you say something and they, they think that you implied something else, like is, does that become headline news? Well, by I see what you're saying, and it's a tough situation. Okay, so let's say that he is grieving or wants to protect his children from the media. Right. Uh, but what ultimately is going to happen, and we've seen this with the Scott Peterson case and other cases along the way, what's implied here is that you, from the general public, is that you don't care, that your your efforts aren't being focused on finding this missing person. Right. And why is so many other people focused on finding her? Do you know something we don't know? So that's what I believe is implied here. Whether whether that's correct or not remains to be seen. Now, on Monday, May 14th, Plainfield Police and FBI Evidence Response Team and Special Operations Unit from the Jolette Police Department conducted a midnight search of the Stebbick's house and vehicles. They raided the Stebbick's home, taking pillows, blankets, and towels. They also confiscated the family's two vehicles, a 2002 Chevy S10 pickup truck and a 2004 four-door Saturn Ion. Both vehicles were registered to Craig Stebbick, but the Saturn was used by Lisa. So I'm a little confused. They raid the guy's house, but when they ask him for things, he gives it to him, other than the polygraph. Yes. Well, but, I mean, you're going to count on finding things that you wouldn't find in a voluntary search. If you just show up in the middle of the night, maybe he's unprepared and you can find the evidence that you're looking for. It's clear that at this point, even though they're they're not vocal about it, the local police department believe Craig had something to do with his wife going missing. Possibly, or they just don't have any other leads or have anywhere else to go. So they just keep circling back around and guess who's going to be the first person you circle back around to. Right. Well, on Saturday, May 19th, Lisa Stebbick's family and friends celebrate her 38th birthday with a candlelight vigil. Again, Craig Stebbick was absent from the vigil, as was the couple's two children. Well, I don't I don't know if I agree with the kid thing, but all of her friends are going through a divorce, and now there's bad things. Look, it's just weird that it doesn't seem like there were so many bad things said about this guy until she went missing. On Sunday, May 20th, the Naperville Sun exclusively reported that blood found on a tarp in Craig Stebbick's truck matched the DNA of his wife, Lisa. 
Craig Stebick, speaking through the door of his home on Sunday, told NBC5 that the blood may be from a deer, adding that he had been deer hunting in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan recently. A DNA test, though, determined that the blood on the tarp was, in fact, Lisa's, and authorities used that information to convince a judge to issue a search warrant that was executed at the Stebbick's Plainfield home. So take that all into factor there. What we're finding out later, this seems like news on Sunday, May 20th. However, what we learn on that day is, remember back when we took took their vehicles, we found this information, and this is what allowed us to gain access basically to their home and property whenever we want because we have a judge saying so. All right, so hold up. Hey, this tarp, they test the tarp that they find in his truck. Right. And it's definitely her blood. They determined through DNA testing, yes, her blood. Yeah. And look, there's there could be some logical explanations for that, but mm-hmm. that seems very, very suspicious. Extremely suspicious. We should point out, though, usually when you have a situation like this, this indicates that they probably found a very small amount of blood. Um, the reason why I say that is we have seen cases where they find a situation with a large amount of blood right? and they determine that, Hey, we need to make an arrest because we probably have a murder investigation going on, not a missing person's case. Right. So the situation here appears to be a very small amount of blood because they do not arrest Craig Stebbick. But this, I mean, the, the police essentially at this point are sharks circling this dude and they're going to be circling closer and closer and closer right on tuesday may 22nd craig stebbick goes to court for the child custody hearing now the judge denies craig the motion for full custody as his wife is missing at this point right and then on thursday may 24th nbc5's amy jacobson reported that the fbi seized high-powered assault rifles and handguns from the Stebbick's home. Yeah. No surprise to us, Captain. We know that this is a guy that has a lot of guns. Yeah. On Friday, June 8th, police announced that they would interview people as far away as Iowa and the Upper Peninsula of Michigan looking for clues. And Plainfield Police Chief Donald Bennett confirmed that cadaver dogs were used during the search for Stebbick. Quote, We did have cadaver dogs in the residence, end quote. I can't give any specifics about what the dogs did or didn't do while in the residence, he said. Now, on one of those prior searches, cadaver dogs were brought in and made a positive hit. This is according to an unnamed source, that they made a positive hit on an article in the home. It was not immediately clear whether the dog zeroed in on an article of clothing, a piece of furniture, an appliance, or some type of other item in the home. Yeah. On Sunday, June 10th, police searched ditches along a construction site in Montgomery and around Silver Spring State Park. They said that they were looking for Stebbick's older model cell phone and her small black purse decorated with rhinestones. Now this type of cell phone, are we going to get a cell phone ping off of it? They were looking for pings regarding shortly after the time that she was last seen at the home. Yeah. This phone didn't ping anywhere. Not only was it, it it appeared to have not been used. And again, they openly stated that her credit cards 
that would have been in her purse were never used after the time that she was last seen. Right. But hypothetically, if she is killed in her house, they turn off all the electronics. It wouldn't ping. Now, there is a scandal that goes along with this story. We already mentioned WMAQ NBC5 reporter Amy Jacobson, who was covering Stebbick's story. Well, on Friday, July 6th, she was caught on tape by the pool in a bikini at Craig Stebbick's home. This was, she was caught by the rival channel, uh, channel two. Now this led to her exit from the TV network. So Amy Jacobson left her job. That's what they, they say, left her job after a video surfaced showing her in a swimsuit at the home of a man whose wife disappeared two months ago, a story she had been assigned to cover. Jacobson told her bosses that she was on her way with her sons to go swimming at a local club when Craig Stebbick's sister asked her to go to his house to talk about the case. The video posted on the rival station's website shows veteran reporter Amy Jacobson wearing a halter bikini top and towel near the pool at Craig Stebbick's suburban Plainfield home. Jacobson's two young children were there as well, and a shirtless Craig Stebbick are also shown in the video. The station decided to air the video once it, quote, was clear Jacobson's own conduct was in question by the people she worked for, end quote. So she was let go from her job because basically she's at a pool party with this guy who many consider to be a suspect in the disappearance of his wife. All right, so much more to get to tomorrow in part two. For everything true crime, check out truecrimegarage.com. We will see you all back here in the garage tomorrow. Until then, be good, be kind, and don't litter. On this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, bad dirt. What makes bad dirt so bad? The answer, the ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed in garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like bad dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers.